Joe, man, there's a there's a weird transmission error in your. <laughs> I got very horny from him. I literally felt like he was like shaking his his butt. At Did you say you got very horny from him? Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if it's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about The New Addams Family. The New Addams Family went 65 episodes with one season on Fox Family. Today we're talking about episode one, which was Halloween with the Addams Family, originally airing October 19th, 1998. So to get things started, I'm Jake Gags. with me as always... The boys, Nick, Joe, Ferg, and Goro. Happy Halloween, guys. Ooh. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Snap, snap. <laughs> guys, is this the first Fox Family show I've ever done that did a BDSM joke in the first two minutes of the episode? Because be the first Fox Family show we did in general. Okay. Is this the first any family show we did yeah. that had a BDSM joke in the first two minutes? It, right when I like halfway through the episode, I was like, Joe is not going to be able to get over how sexually driven Morticia and uh, Gomez Gomez are. This is weirdly sexual driven. And you were correct. And also all I could think of was Gomez Adams here has the worst not Gomez Adams mustache of all time. <laughs> it needs to be thinner. Before, um, uh, well, he's already converted over. I was going to say, before Ferg completely overheats, I wanted to acknowledge that he's completely dressed up like the Green Ranger, R.I.P. Tommy Oliver. One of the many dead Power Rangers of our youth. That's a little extreme. Is that that dark? A bunch of Power Rangers died. I'm not trying to be weird about it, No, man. we lost Trini um, early on. Didn't Billy go to jail? Billy? No. I think Billy's, isn't Billy dead? No. no he just did no. a new Power Rangers movie on Netflix. It's basically just him and Zach and a girl who's pretending to be Trini's daughter. It's, um, it's fine. <laughs> they wanted to do, like, a reunion movie without anybody in it, <laughs> which made it very difficult. But we're not here to talk about Power Rangers right now. But, Ferg, do you want to um, clue people in how that links to this? Well, Power Rangers is made by Saban, and this show is also made by Saban. That's basically the, the connection. <laughs> what an interesting crossover episode that could have been, too. They also made the, the Ninja Turtles The Next Mutation. Never note that as I think about it now, they have this is a Halloween episode of the Adams family, the new Adams family, and they had trick or treaters. They could have easily had a kid dressed up like a Power Ranger as a little wink. I'm actually surprised they didn't. And Baron Abramovich, the guy who does all the music for this, he did all the music for Power Rangers, the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, and also Camp Candy which I forgot all about until today, the John Candy cartoon. That's a serious contender when we do our animation month. So the new Adams Family, as opposed to the original one from, was it 1962 or 1964? Four. But um, regardless of that, this is the 1998 new Adams Family. I do remember it. I wouldn't say I have like a lot of memory of specific storylines or things like that, but I remember watching it for a while when it was on. How about you guys? I didn't remember it had 65 episodes or anything like that. It's funny no. it had 65 episodes. That's one episode more than the original show, which was 64. Oh, wow. Also, the fact that it's one season. It's one season, 65 episodes. And, that, and that's all formatting and how you run stuff, but it's just weird to see it like that. Only a season and a half came out. 
I don't remember it at all, personally. I remember it existing. We would have been about 13 when this came out. But what I remember most is that it was a in succession to the Addams Family reunion movie. It came out the same year. They were a month apart. That was originally supposed to be what led to the show. That was supposed to yeah. be the jumping off point. But they hired two different creative teams, and they were just too different that they decided to do their own thing. Was that Adam's Family Values? No, no, no. no. This is years later. This is Adam's Family Reunion. It was a direct-to-video movie. Tim Curry takes over for Raul Julia had passed away. And then um, it's an all-different cast from the other Adam's Family movies, and then all-different cast from this, except for Wednesday. And I will say this, as a person who loves the Adams Family movies, and as a person who loves Tim Curry, I looked for a long time for a VHS copy of Adams Family Reunion. It was never put out. No, it was on VHS, but this is the only way you could see it. There's no digital. It was, I think, even a UK VHS, but I found one in an antique mall once, and I was like, Kelsey, I found it! <laughs> we can finally watch Adams Family Reunion! And we watched Adams Family... They watch Adam's Family Values. We're like, man, this has been the best four hours of my entire life. <laughs> and we put on Adam's Family Reunion. And the last memory I have of that movie is we were moving out of state and I'm pulling stuff to get rid of for the Goodwill box. And I picked up Adam's Family Reunion. It was like, I looked for you for so long. And to hell with you, Adam's Family Reunion. Never would have watched it again. It was really, really bad, even though there were some great people in it. I would say that it would have been funny if you put it in and it was like a child's birthday party. Oh, it was a kid named Adam's birthday. Yeah. The Adam's family birthday party. It was the Adam's family reunion. It was like, oh, hey, everybody. <laughs> so if I understand your story correctly, you found this movie and you then sat down with your wife and you watched three movies in a row. <laughs> yeah. You don't do ever movie marathons ever? No. no. I, no I don't have the patience to sit down. Really? And just, yeah. That's insane. That's okay. First of all, I think what you did is insane. Look, it's okay. So picture picture this. Sicily, 1940. It's a Saturday. It's snowy. It's miserable out. You're with your significant other and you've got 12 hours all day and one of them and you go, "Hey, let's watch all of the Jason movies or all of the Freddy movies or all of the Fast and Furious movies." Nope. We've done that at my house. Right, yeah, we've done that with Ferg before. We've rented movies, ordered pizza from Crest Ave, and watched like four movies in a row of a series. It's an amazingly fun thing to do to watch. But I think when you do that in a big group, you ultimately start socializing more, and it's like just being focused on the television doesn't become like the main priority. I mean, I think it's fun to do, but I'm also speaking of movies that ever, like we had all, everyone in the group of watching them at the time, including us, like my wife and I, had seen before, right? Except for that one, right? But like you have to build up. I want to watch the first two before we watch the third. But, you know, you're paying less attention at that point because you've seen those two and you're talking about them. Like, I know every line of Adam's Family Values back and forth. Was Adam's Family Reunion made? I know it was like separate like rights because it was like the straight to like home video. But was it made as if it was the third installment? Yeah. Oh, hmm. not good. Which is a shame because Adam's Family Values, I think, is one of the funniest like family-ish movies from the 90s. Yes, it's it's up there as one of the greatest movies of that era. I uh I I might have told this uh story here, but my family went to Maine, Moosehead Lake, Maine, uh when I was like 7 or 8 and they had That's a way television. It is way up there. And we got a cabin and we had a television that the cable box broke and it had a but it had a VHS player. And we all forgot to bring videos to watch. 
So the only video that was there was Adam's Family Values, and we watched that <laughs> Could on have done way repeat. Worse. Exactly, but we watched that on repeat for literally a week. I don't blame you though. That's a great movie. It is a great. As movie. a kid, I would have been able to do that. As a parent, I imagine that getting tedious though. I imagine your mom at one point being like, "Can we please just go find a blockbuster? What are we doing?" Like that cast is so good. Rule Julia. Yep. It's funny, actually. I was up in uh, the Moosehead Lake area a few years ago. A friend of ours has a cabin that we go to sometimes. And the gas stations in the area still sell. There's two gas stations, like, or just convenience stores, really, that still sold, you know, DVDs and VHSs. And the second one, I was like, why, is, why are these everywhere? Like, the VHSs and DVDs, like, who's buying them? And then I realized that's what it is. Like, there's houses up there. They're just so off the grid that all they have is a VCR or a DVD player. So when the people are up there in their shop and then they see these DVDs and VHSs, they're like, oh, you know, I might as well add it to the collection for something to watch up here. And a way to keep the kids quiet, too. You know, if you're like, we're going to have dinner and a few drinks and the kids are on the couch, you want to keep yeah. them quiet while you can be in the room, you know? I know it was like years ago. So it was before like streaming became such a thing or was a thing, period, actually. But years ago when we'd go up to those parts... You'd go to the supermarkets, and the supermarkets you could rent movies from, and that blew my mind. From the customer service to kiosk, yeah. But yeah, no, I just, I don't know, as we cover another Adam's Family show, we had done the original show two years ago, so to, to do this one now, it's, it's interesting, because there's like the Adam's Family and the Monsters, I think, are the two classic horror family-friendly things that like will exist forever, but the Adam's Family has so much more stuff out there than the monsters it won't die i watched the i think we talked about it a couple of years ago I die. Batman, but i die speaking of which <laughs> but i watched the, like the newest cgi-ish whatever movie with my niece and nephew recently or like a year ago or whatever you know it's like they're just gonna keep doing this and now wednesday was like a huge hit for netflix yeah, yeah. wednesday was huge which i still haven't seen i haven't either but i also feel like it's not for us I liked it in real time, and now I'm looking back, I'm like, I don't know if I like that show. She just started it today, actually, and I was watching it in the background. It's almost got a, uh, like a Harry Potter vibe to it. I believe that. Yeah. You know, like a, a tween, I guess, age group. Yeah, I feel like what I like about the Addams Family, and obviously we're going to talk about this as we talk about this episode, and you know we've covered the old one, it's that fun vibe that goes along, it's that mixture of family friendly with spooky and like you know the slapstick stuff and overtly sexual tones uh, yes and of course uh but no just and then the i've only seen like clips from wednesday and just what i what i do know about it we know you've seen the dance i've, I've definitely seen the dance <laughs> but it's um it's very like dark in like in nature and not in like the fun way it, like, in the so it's just i don't know if it they're using the property of the Adams family, like the intellectual intellectual property, but it just feels like it's not the Adams family. I know it's not for me, but it feels also like it's a bit too modern Tim Burton-y for me. Does that make sense? Okay. I can see that. Where like everything Tim Burton now is like, oh, I love that movie about Batman or Ed Wood. And now he's like, the tree is spooky and chocolate's evil. And you're like, I fucking can't stand anything you do anymore, man. I hate it. I'm sorry. Did Tim Burton do the uh, new Willy Wonka with Johnny Depp? He yes. did. You, can, you, you can't tell just by looking at that. Yeah, anything Johnny Depp has done. They couldn't past... tell by the fact that Johnny Depp was in it. <laughs> Although my favorite Johnny Depp movie was that one that was like, it was a streaming series from last year where you found out that he only drank mega pints of wine and his wife shit in his bed. I watched that 
series for like two weeks live, and it was amazing. It was a Yorkie. It was his court trial. Waga waga waga. That was not a Yorkie. That was a. That was a. That was a joke. That was a herd poop. Oh, I thought you were talking about the dog that got stung by a bee. <laughs> <laughs> I hurt my knee. <laughs> yeah. So, um, all right. So let's get into the episode itself. And actually, before I do that, <laughs> never mind. Just want to go over a couple things real quick on our social medias. Uh, S1E1Pod is where you can find us on Instagram and X, formerly Twitter. S1E1Pod.com has all the links wherever where you can listen to us. Shoot us a message. We actually got a few messages over the last couple days between Instagram, email. They're all great. And, you know, we try to reply to everything as soon as we can. So thank you for all that. We want you guys to continue to do so. And I mentioned this uh, to you guys privately before. I want to do something to kind of inspire a few more reviews because those do help us a lot. So if you leave us a five-star review on Apple or anything really, like uh, Spotify has one too, but I don't think you could leave, leave a comment. Uh, prove that you leave us like a nice review. Send it to us on any of our socials or email it to us. Uh, we'll follow you back on any social media you want. Uh, just as a thank you, and then we can kind of interact a little bit more that way. If the review is really good, we've got some fun things we can send you. Yeah, yeah, we want to get uh, back into that. We've done some care packages in the past. We want to do a little bit more of that stuff as well. IMDb rated this is a 6.4 overall as a show. Rotten Tomatoes didn't have anything as far as user review or critic score. So yeah, um, 6.4 is not a phenomenal rating, but uh, I guess we'll, uh, we'll dive into it as we talk about the episode. So the actual intro starts with, you hear Gomez doing the narration of a modified version of The Night Before Christmas, only it's kind of a Adam's Family Halloween-themed version. And it's kind of being used as a vehicle to show us the, the house and all the family. I don't know. I, I don't quite understand why they did this, <laughs> like the night before Christmas thing. I will say it's no worse than the end of Adam's Family Values with the whoop, the Adam's Family, there it is. Hey, you, you stop it. I would rather that than what we got in this episode. There are multiple Adam's Family rap songs that came out on record in the UK only. I uh, listener, listener Jeff, if he's listening, I actually found in a antique mall once like one of the off-brand Adam's Family rap seven inches in potted form. I was like, this is gonna be so bad, and you're gonna hate it so much. And did he love it? Oh no, he did not like it. It's not good. I mean, it sounds great. Yeah, no, I just can't get my head around the Christmas thing. And I, I was like, I went back and looked at when the episode came out. I was like, are they doing like doing a backwards thing? Like maybe this came out in December. So they were trying to do like a. They're a the Adams family and it's Halloween. Halloween to them is Christmas. I get it. But Ferg and Jay, I'm with you and I'm totally there until Santa Claus shows up. That, and yes, then the whole exactly. fucking yeah. plot is lost. Okay. Yeah, like, and they kill him. Yeah, great. I get it. But why is Santa there on Halloween Eve? Because they're all dressed up, and somebody must have dressed as Santa, because that's scary. No, that was the real Santa, and they fucking killed him, and how fucking dare they. Uh, Guys, Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, the worst movie ever made by any human being in the world? Let's not talk about that. Be careful, that has a giant fan I know, you probably, half the fan base that's listening to this is probably up to Pardon me, Joe Only from the S1E1 podcast. Joe Only, who hates those of you who work retail jobs. (laughs) I've worked retail my whole life, stop doing that. White collar Joe hates blue collar America. I'm so white collar, guys. I'm colorblind. You know okay? what? Yeah, I'm colorblind. I don't even see that. No, I just, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. The, the the Christmas thing is weird. I don't think the Nightmare Before Christmas comparison works because that is designed to be 
like a mixture of the two. Like that's the whole point. Of I'm the just story. gonna say it. That is a Christmas movie. It's the Nightmare Before Christmas. It's not a Halloween movie. When did the Nightmare Before Christmas come out? Does anybody know? Because it could be roundabout this time, and maybe it feels like to... it's probably around this time. I literally hate that movie enough that I didn't want to look it up. I don't want that algorithm on my phone. It was uh, 1993 when that came out. What was this? 94. 98. 98. Oh, okay. Also, just to remind you, back when Jay said ran from 1998 to 1999 for 65 episodes. Yeah, Joe. Why? I mean, what about that movie? Like, rubs you the wrong way so much? Because it's popular. It's not. I like plenty of popular things. I just talked to you about how great it is to watch all of the Fast and Furious movies. I mentioned Adam's Family Values. These are very popular things. There's an exception to every rule. I hate Jack Skellington almost more than any character. Yeah, that movie, it makes me uncomfortable. I don't like it. It's not funny. It's not interesting. And people glom onto it like it's their whole personality, and that weirds me out. What makes you uncomfortable about The Nightmare Before Christmas? I have so many like birthday and Christmas gift ideas now. Like just instantly popped in. I fucking head. hate you. That's not fair because you know I won't throw away something somebody gives to me out of genuine either hate or love, and that means I'm gonna have like a crate. You won't throw away anything anyway. I throw plenty of things away. I'm gonna start mailing you life size teddy bears every month. You know what? I will take that for the cost that's gonna cost you. It's worth <laughs> it to keep them in the attic. I know it'd be cheaper to just drive it to your house at that point. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's actually get into it. Um. Past that, uh, we start seeing. Again, we meet all the characters in this intro as well, and you're just getting kind of weird little, look how eccentric and crazy this family is, if you're not already familiar with the Adams family. Is the Grim Reaper a character in the TV show? I don't remember, because he's not in the movies, and he's like a big part of the house here. Because they give him his shine here. He's used in the intro, and he's used later in the episode. I don't know if he's a cast member. But uh, I, I did like, so we see Fester hanging like a bat. We have uh, Mama, who's like in the electric chair. Pugsley's getting dragged under his bed by that fucking weak bitch Freddy Krueger, I assume. <laughs> he doesn't hang out under beds. <laughs> well, well, Wednesday's asleep. I liked, um, you see Lurch and Thing are asleep, and they're, like, in, like, caskets outside. Thing's got little pajamas on! Thing, and Thing <laughs> has does, a little yeah. sleep mask, like, where, yeah. like, the wrist area is, which, like, somehow turns a hand into an actual person by giving the little sleep mask. So the guy that plays Lurch in this is, uh, I forget his name, but he was in 13 Ghosts. He played the juggernaut, the, the big giant like ghost in that movie. That, oh, like, wow. Yeah, I know exactly in. who you're talking about, weirdly enough. That guy has a very interesting IMDb where it's just like, big guy. You're like, <laughs> good for you, man. Like, Because that's a career, right? You make money doing that. And all you got to do to play Lurch is be big. <laughs> just put on Frankenstein. It's like a thespian <laughs> so. role, you know what I mean? But it's great. He does a good job on this. And uh, it kind of ends off after we meet the whole family. We see Gomez in bed reading that book. And then they fuck. And, well, no. And then it's him and Morticia, like, outside of the bed <laughs> in front of the window. Personally, I think this scene would have worked better at the end. Have him close the book, end of the episode. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree I with agree that. with you. I also think you could have saved this for when you did a Christmas episode. Also true. I also think you could have shaved uh, his mustache to look like... Gomez's Hitler. mustache. That's a weird thing for you to say. <laughs> I wasn't saying <laughs> I that at all. Just, I thought that's where you were going. <laughs> it's like 10 minutes into the episode. You know, <laughs> Gomez would look better <laughs> if he had a Charlie Chaplin vibe going on. <laughs> no, I just feel like, look, Gomez Adams has a very specific mustache. There are very specific mustaches in history. Charles Bronson has a very specific mustache. Uh, 
uh, Gomez has a specific one. Who's the artist I'm thinking of? The big curly one. Uh, Salvatore Dali. Dali, thank you. Very specific mustache. So if you all of a sudden had Salvatore Dali with Mr. Ernst mustache, that doesn't make sense to me. I think this guy is a good Gomez. I just think his mustache is wrong. Has anyone, I mean, since Ferg already brought up Hitler, has anybody ruined a specific hair or facial hairstyle forever for as like for the end of time like Hitler no, did with and, that and mustache? No, and it's because that is so grossly specific, that mustache. It's very like, specific. It's yeah. dead yeah. center, your face, it's typically black. Like, there's, there's nothing that stands out more. I feel like that, like everything, would have made some weird comeback at some yeah, point. Yeah, the like, chaplain. Like. Yeah, but he, he killed it forever. I mean, like the Third Reich hairstyle has come back recently, right? That like short on the sides, hardened yeah. over Hitler haircut is very popular. If if that if that mustache was something else, if that was just Chaplin, you better believe you'd see hipsters with that mustache. Oh, a thousand percent. You know, you never even see like even people who are like openly like neo Nazis. They they don't even do the mustache. There's always one guy. No, uh, my favorite scene in all of any movie that cuts to Nazis. So, like, for example, um, oh, God, what's the fucking Muppet uh, Babies. American History X, right? The American History <laughs> X. Muppet Babies. Babies does show the Nazis a lot. But American History X, right? They're at the concert scene. And there's just a bunch of, like, skinheads punching each other and dancing around. And then the camera pans really slowly, and there's just, like, a wayfish dude in a full Hitler uniform with Hitler haircut and a mustache. But he looks like he's 19 and a half, and you're like, who cast the Hitler in this? It's, it makes me laugh every single time I see that movie, where it's like, you couldn't have gotten a guy who didn't look yeah. any more threatening than this to be Hitler? They should have got John Lovett. Speaking of which, do you know what we're going to go talk about here? Do you know who Pugsley is in this movie? I do not. No. Oh, he's the son from he's the son from Rat Race. Yes, Pugsley is John Lovett's son from Rat he Race. Familiar. I didn't make that connection. Don't play Hitler's harmonica. <laughs> You're Hitler's driving his harmonica. car. <laughs> I'm glad we were able to round out that conversation so we didn't have to bring up Hitler two different times. I'm, I'm glad we could get it all. Full circle, <laughs> it's good that yeah. it's circled. It's good that it's circled. Let's get into the show's theme song. So they didn't go with the classic. They they went on with their own thing, which is fine. Do 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 do. I think no. I think I'm it sorry. Is fine. It's been stuck in my head all day, so it, it worked. It sucked. It's got like a Latin flair to it's it. It's like right? a Am cha cha version. Yeah, did not like yeah. that. No, I don't know. Maybe it's because of what I was expecting versus what I got. Right. Well, that's the thing. When you're when the other one is so iconic, it's very tough to do your own. But I think for what it's worth, it's fine because no, it's you not. Know, at least it's not where the monsters. Oh, it's way better than the new monsters song. Think for about sure. this, like that. Actually, not like that. Think about how many times there is an iconic theme, and then it just gets remade, and the new version is shitty because you're comparing it to the old version, anyways. So you're not going to make anyone happy doing a, a like a renewed version. So you might as well try to do your own thing. I'm with Jay on this one. I hated the Fuller House song. No, I hated the Saved by the Bell one. I hated that one too. Yeah. No, it's not allowed. You agree with me. Yeah, no, no, you will hate mine more. But that's the thing, you know, so people are going to be mad either way. So instead of doing a remake, try to do something different and be unique, I guess. And make them mad at that. And I don't think, <laughs> again, I think it's because the other one's so iconic, but I don't think this is that bad. It's just not what you expected to hear. It would have been fine if it was a brand new show. 
I will say this. When we decided to do this show, the one thing I remembered was its theme song. So it stayed with me since 1998. It was effective in that way. Welcome to the Adam family. Oh, you do the Adam family. I honestly do remember the Fox family commercials for this. Yeah, snap, snap. They say snap, snap. They actually snap and say snap at the same time. Fuck you. You can't do that. Sing, sing. Like, no, it's not how this works. <laughs> From there, we get to that first scene, and it's uh, an alarm clock goes off in the morning. Gomez jumps out of bed. He's super excited for Halloween. There's a little bit of dialogue between him and Morticia. One thing that flagged to me super, super early as they're talking is... His mustache? No, not the mustache. Morticia doesn't give off, like, that same seductive vibe. She's playing the same characters. He's doing the same type of... Like, the, the scripts are similar, right? They're still supposed to be, like, sexually driven, but the actress playing her doesn't have that same seductive vibe that all the past Morticias have had. She plays it more subtle, for sure. It's it's a different thing. They're still very sexual, but now it's all landed on Gomez. Yeah. And then, but even Gomez, like, uh, Glenn Taranto, he's doing, like, a very straight-up John Aston impression. Like, his oh, yeah. voice, his, yeah. like, the way he pronounces things... It is exactly like that's, and he to his own. It, it on the show, since you brought up John Aston, there's a character called Grandpapa, and yes. that's played by John Aston. I did see and that he's he, basically uh, he the like older version of Gomez. Like he, first time he walks through the door, they even play the dinner like the original theme yeah. song as he comes through and stuff, and he plays with the trains. It was the like, question to you though: Is would you, does it make more sense for him to do John Aston or do Raul Julia? I think John Aston makes more sense because this show is more is more a throwback. I like Raul Julia more, but I think John Aston makes more sense. Yeah, it, for what they're doing with this type of show, and they're going back to that sitcom style. I think it makes sense. Now there is like little flair of that movie style Gomez that comes in at points. You know what I mean? There is a little bit of that Mia Moore that comes, you know, once in a while in these episodes. But he is being John Aston to a T to the point where like. Close your eyes, and at times, just the way he's speaking yeah. is identical. But because of the, between that and the girl playing Morticia, I'm sorry, I don't have her name pulled up right now. Ellie Harvey. Okay, they're both fine, but they both come off as just like play actors who are just doing like impersonations of these characters. Agreed. I can see that. This feels like community theater version of yes. doing a plot. A pilot episode of the Adams Family. Yes, and it's like, and it's no disrespect to either of them, but like, I just don't think that either of them embodied those characters and put their own spins on things. They're both just they watched source material and just did it. I don't think that the two characters have chemistry. Like, I mean, Gomez and Morticia need to. You need to believe that they are a couple, and they are like. A hundred percent in love with each other. I mean, I didn't not get that vibe. Like I, I don't. I didn't get a bad chemistry vibe like you did. But I guess to, to aid your point, when you look back at the movies and the original show, Gomez in in both early incarnations, anytime he's like within, uh, you know, uh, an earshot of Morticia, just gazing at her at all times, very like yeah. obsessed with her. It's lusty. They're yes. not in love. Yeah. They're in lust in the right. shows and the movies. And, and there's this, a yeah. little bit of that sprinkled in here, but it just doesn't, it doesn't come off as authentic. It's more like playing the greatest hits when you see them doing it. Now, do you think that's because it's a, it's a children's TV show? I don't know if we touched on this too. This is geared towards children. 
I would a thousand percent agree with you if immediately he wasn't like, let's pull out handcuffs and have fuck play yes. with the handcuffs because that's a weird thing for a kid's show. Yeah. I was a little confused about what it wanted to be at times. <laughs> yeah, and look, I'm fine with that too. As an adult watching it, I was like, you know how sometimes we talk about these shows, you're like, sometimes there's a little bit for the kids and there's a little bit for the adults or whatever, right? Like, I get that, but I feel like maybe the handcuff like BDSM play is a weird thing for a Fox family show. You know, it was like he bought her a gift and it ends up being handcuffs, but I think it's it's a way that it can be spun so kids don't really get it. Yeah, kids don't yeah. get that. And then the poor father that's forced to watch this show, this kid is going, <laughs> that's funny. Especially when that poor father's kid was like, Dad, I found handcuffs in your room last week. And he's like, oh, I used to be a cop a few years ago. Shit, 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 shit. Uh, I was an Adams. <laughs> when you look at the Adams family and, like, how they operate, it makes, like, the handcuff thing could, like, a kid could just go, well, they like torture and stuff. So that's, you know. Exactly. So, like, it makes sense. It would have been funnier later on because we do get cops episode if later on what I would have written for the button would be like, no, officer, use mine. And then she pulls out the handcuffs. <laughs> that would have been a fun gag. We get a quick cutaway, and it's, like, lurching Mama, and they're dealing with... Grandma, by the way. They call her Grandma. This is in the time of Larry Johnson. Why they call saying, her Grandma. I wanted to bring that up. Why I did they do that? I have Grandma listed, but there's also points where Morticia called her Mama, so I was like, I don't want to say Grandma the whole time because I'm going to think about Larry Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't it have been funnier, though, if no offense to the actress who played Grandma in this, but wouldn't it have been so much funnier if Larry Johnson was playing the Grandma character <laughs> during this? That would have been an immediate five green lights. You know it. I thought this version of Grandma Ma nailed it, though. She was just like the one from the original. She did. Show I thought she did a great she's job. She's very good. Yes. It's just Grandma Ma, just this time, you know, it's hard to not. But I will say again, this, this all kind of, again, is that the movie, I think had the vibe of the Adams family, but they definitely put their twist on it and had their own spin on each character where this, every actor was really told to portray it very close to the original show. Well, this was supp originally supposed to be a continuation of that original right. show. I think they just nixed that and would like do your own thing, but. And I get it. And, it, and it's not a knock on any of them, but it's, no. um, but you can tell that they're trying to recreate uh, when you watch a lot of them perform. 100%. Yeah. It's also hard, like, there are some very successful franchises, way more now, I want to say back then, right, thinking of 1998, because now we have all these comic movies and everything where you can do, like, a lot, right, you can make these stories go longer and longer. Back then, three movies was a lot. It was pretty wild if you got, like, a successful second movie, right? There weren't a lot of three sequels that really worked, so to take a TV show after the third sequel is kind of gutsy, because you're really losing steam at that point. Especially when your lead character dies, and you have to replace them, and then you replace the guy who replaced them. Then you really start right. To... But if this was a TV show where it was the entire cast and they just recast Gomez, that would be different. But this is a whole new cast of people, except for Wednesday. No, she was Wednesday in the Tim Curry movie. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but they recast the entire series. They recast the entire movie, and then this TV show recasted that entire movie, except for one person. I believe the Tim Curry movie, the only person from the original movies was Lurch, if I remember that. I think that so, yeah. Yes. Yeah, he was, in, he was in that. Yeah, so we see Grandmama and Lurch, and they're just dealing with, like, a dinner situation. And uh, apparently they're going to eat a giant monster, because it's, it's, like, behind this big, like, kind of, um, uh, what, what industrial, like, fridge door. 
It's like bouncing around. Lurch has this. Is it even um, a fridge door? It's just like a like a. I thought it was a cage, cage door. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like a cage or a prison cell or well, something. Well, it reminds right me now. of like I don't know, if, like you know, like I worked in supermarkets and you have like the like the the locked like refrigerator doors. You see them. Is in that where you kept too. the monsters? <laughs> Is that where the monsters were at Shaw's? That's where we would put our monsters. Yes, but it, it, it's that like that thick thick. Um, the real yeah, monster yeah, yeah, was yeah. plastic bags. I'm glad we tackled that one. <laughs> <laughs> Am I the only one that's upset that you never see the monster? We do see his ribcage, though. You know what I'll tell you? If you did see the monster, you'd be more upset. Yeah, <laughs> that's I how think that that's right. It's true. Lurch's rolling pin that he has, though, is the size of a baseball bat. Well, Lurch is very big. Yeah, it was like the one thing that flagged me throughout that scene. Have you guys ever bought a rolling pin online? No. Is there what? a difference between buying one online versus a store? Okay, well, we have rolling pins because we make a lot of pizza and stuff. You have to roll out the dough, right? So... A while ago, my wife that was is like, what they're you know, I really for, yes. want... Yeah, Nick knows what I'm talking about. Nick cooks a lot. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just glad that you explained rolling pins to us. It's, it's like, <laughs> what did you buy a rolling pin for? I, I can only imagine. Well, when someone's like, hey, you know, I want one of this. They make them out of, like, granite and stuff, right? Like, different things. Heavier yes, weights yeah. or whatever, right? So we order... I, you all want one out of granite. Okay, I got it. I'm ordering. Order from, like, Amazon. And it was one of those packages that was so big where, like, they rang the bell. We were like, well, that seems weird. And I came down... It was like in a guitar case to a point where like it was as tall as I was, and I was like holding wrapping paper out for like five minutes, and then pulled out the regular size rolling pin. It was like I don't know if they ran out of boxes that day, but uh, if you ever buy a rolling pin, just go to a store and buy them. Don't order them. I got one, and it's got little hedgehogs on it. So when I make cookies, they have little hedgehogs. Oh, so it's a cookie rolling pin specific. Yes. What can't you get hedgehogs on? Nothing. <laughs> Yeah, hedgehogs on everything. I'm really glad the world got to this point. <laughs> we finally made it. We made it, boys. <laughs> My God, America is beautiful. You wanted world peace? Too bad. You get hedgehogs on everything. Yeah, we're on the precipice of World War Three right now, and it's like, good thing we've got hedgehog cookies, everybody. Let's do this shit. <laughs> the world is on fire, and Gordo's just <laughs> rolling cookies. <laughs> I'll bring them to the troops when they come here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do you want hedgehog cookies? Because I'll make you some. I would I love hedgehog cookies. I would love hedgehog cookies, too. Yeah. I'd love any cookie, though. So you you have to be real careful me. with um, old iron stomach down there. So. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> uh, I appreciate the offer, but I feel like I'd have to burn that before I could even use it. Now we cut back to Gomez, and he has a fencing sword. And it's kind of the perspective, like, he's facing the camera. And he's, I don't know. Seemingly chain, uh, challenging someone to a duel, turns out that person is a pumpkin that he plans to carve with the sword, despite the fact that it's already been carved. So now you, you see him jumping around, and he's like swinging a sword everywhere, and you have these pieces of pumpkin flying everywhere, and then it reveals that now the pumpkin just looks slightly different. Like, he didn't even do that much to <laughs> Not it. Not a lot of work. That lasted way too long, too. The whole, like, yeah. him jumping around and carving and back and forth and the pumpkin flying everywhere. It went on for, like, like 30, 40 seconds, I feel like, and it was unnecessary. It should have just started with a uncarved pumpkin. Yes. And then when he did his thing... It should have it revealed carved, yeah. that it was, like, a beautiful piece of art. You know what I mean? Like, that's how they should have yeah. played that same scene. But, like, imagine being the editor for this episode, right? And they do it. They do the whole scene. And the editor's like, this is too long. Put it in fast motion. And they do it. And he was like, 
yeah, that's still too long. Yeah. Print? I'm like, wait, what? No, you did in fast motion, and it's still almost an entire minute of this 21-minute episode? That's too long. Although I was very happy as a person taking notes where I was like, we just killed a whole minute there. Beautiful. So this is the scene that made me realize it was Saban, because I recently watched a few things of um, Ninja Turtles, the next mutation, and they love to do that fast motion shit. They sh- filmed the exact same way, everything about it. Quick question. Why? Um, I don't know. Because I found that they were on one of the things, streaming services. And, yeah, I want to watch a whole bunch of shitty Ninja Turtle stuff. Oh, and it is shitty. It's worse than you remember. Oh, uh, no. I bought the DVDs years ago. Yeah, I saw them at Target for like uh, 40 cents. So I bought the DVD set and yeah. it's bad. I still stand by even that TMNT movie from like 2004 that we were all so excited for. I think this entire group here went to the movies to see it together. The CGI like TMNT one. Billy Talent was in the soundtrack. Is that the one with the Black Betty fight scene in the yes. kitchen? Yeah. <laughs> was, yeah. I hated that one. I don't know. We all left and I was like, I guess that was a Ninja Turtles movie. I just didn't want to see a cartoon one again, you know? I wanted real suits again. Well, that's what the Addams Family keeps doing to tie it in. Now it's like back and forth. Like, oh, a new Addams Family movie. It's cartoon again. I still, st- I think I said it last or two years ago, but I still stand by it. Phil from Modern Family would make a spectacular Gomez Addams. He can't be any worse than Raul Julia. I'm not sorry, not Raul Julia. How dare Whoa. you rest in peace, Raul Whoa, Julia? There, there's your soundbite. That was a slip up. I think he's the best. I meant to say Luis Guzman because he's a terrible Gomez on Wednesday. I haven't again. I haven't seen Wednesday. I haven't I watched see, it, but it piss it it pisses me off how bad he is at it. Like he looks just like the original. I was gonna comic say they, I, I know he he's like he looks like the original Gomez but from the he does from not the act the, the part whatsoever. He just acts like Luis Guzman and like it shows you balls. It took, me, it took me out of the show. <laughs> he cries about how he has a little dick in a deleted scene from fucking Boogie Nights. I fucking love Luis Guzman. <laughs> Wow, he just does dick and ball stuff in all his movies, huh? <laughs> now you have Gomez and Morticia talking about how much they love Halloween when Gomez spots Uncle Fester across the room bobbing for something, and he asks what it is, and he's like, grenades! <laughs> you did a spot-on impression, by the way. We went from fucking Christopher Lloyd being like, is it a severed head? And you're like, oh, Gomez rules, being like, grenades! <laughs> like, oh, come on, man. Well, he I'll- is very much like classic again to the show like he's playing curly from the three stooges as much as we love those movies the christopher lloyd version of fester wasn't the typical fester it's the least fester of every yeah thing yeah he's playing tv he's playing tv show fester and you see him like throw the grenade and then there's the explosion off to the side and he like looks the camera and starts laughing i did like that uh weirdly (laughs) so uh ruined surprise (laughs) grenade this week you know how you, they have those things at stores that say, like, complaint department, take a number, and it's like a pineapple grenade like he has, and you pull the pin, and it's yes. this is number one on it, right? I've always wanted one of those. My wife bought me one of those as a surprise, and it came in the mail, and, like, the person who shipped it just literally put a shipping label on the box and then shipped it. So she was like, I bought you this, and I opened it, and just, like, a fucking grenade rolls out because it was <laughs> broken to pieces, and that thing's so heavy, it was just like... What just happened? Like, in the moment of fear, we were like, so this is where I die now. (laughs) That's going to be fun for everybody. Can we talk about Fester for a minute? Did anybody else fucking hate the green hue on him? Yeah. That's from that third movie. They're, like, carrying that over. I don't like it either, yeah. 
Another thing that carried on from the movies is him and Gomez being brothers. In the original series, he was, um, I think, Morticia's uncle. And I, I prefer them as brothers, not just because of the movie, but you, you get that sibling camaraderie. It makes a lot more sense, their mm. relationship that way. Yeah, it makes sense that they're so close because they're brothers. Yeah. Now, watching this episode, seeing Fester, I can't put my finger on it. What the hell is that actor from? And would I know him in anything? Well, the only way I'll be able to answer that question is to do the thing that you could have done and look him up. So, Michael Roberts, who unfortunately passed in 2016. Robards. He's in Ernest Goes to School. Uh, you know that scene in Happy Gilmore where they all take their shirts off and say, go happy? Yes. He's one of the guys who takes his shirt off and says, go happy. Oh, okay. Is that what you know him from going on? <laughs> but that's, that's like maybe the biggest thing our generation would probably know him from. You probably know him as playing the doctor in Saving Silverman. He is in Saving Silverman as well. And Ernest Goes to School. Not one of the great Ernest movies, but an Ernest movie nonetheless. Hot Tub Time Machine? He just looks familiar. Well, maybe you know him from one of the things we just mentioned. <laughs> I've never seen He's any of the He's also one ones. of, like, seven people in this cast who were in an episode this year or the year after of Police Academy the series, which was also on Fox on Saturdays, and I watched religiously. I watched it, too. Yeah, loved Police Academy the series. Gordy, you never saw Saving Silverman? No. Wait, you've never seen Saving Silverman? That's one of the most underrated movies of all time. Like, it's so good. All I'm thinking of is Arlie Ermy pooping on the lawn outside and Gordo (laughs) having a heart attack and dying and your wife trying to pull your soul back like in fucking Who Framed Roger Rabbit (laughs) because you've laughed yourself to death. So watch that, but like be careful of that happening to you. And and then Gordo getting really into Neil Diamond. To cycle this back with the whole grenade thing, I had a problem with that scene. I didn't... I felt the way to go was, in the spirit of how the Adams family are and their love of torture and stuff, he would have thrown the grenade and just saw like this like light explosion of confetti coming back at him. What he should have did was pull the pin, throw the pin, and then it yes. cuts away, and then you see like Gomez and Morticia like reacting to the explosion, and then you cut back to Fester, who's now like kind of charred up and still laughing. And he's dead. <laughs> and then he has the light bulb in his mouth because we shouldn't have waited 17 minutes and 16 seconds for that gag. And then they did it, they did it in like the most non-contextual way. Like they, it's just yeah. jammed in there. They, so they were like, shit, we forgot to put it in. As if, but it, like they had 60 something more. Do you hate the movie in. too, Joe? Cause he doesn't do that till the end of the movie. No, I love the movie. You know, I love the movie. Yeah. So shut up. <laughs> So now the two kids enter the room because they're finally ready to go trick-or-treating. And the adults scream in terror when they see their costumes because this year they're going as Siskel and Ebert. I like this joke. I shouldn't. <laughs> I thought Pugsley's costume was spot on. <laughs> so he, good. Yeah. he looked just <laughs> like him. I will say this, though. I was waiting to see your reactions on this, especially you, Joe. This dates it very much. It does. So my issue with this is, it, first of all, it does date it for sure, because unless you're people of our generation or older, you really don't know who Siskel and Ebert are. And you really, no offense to Siskel, who died younger than Ebert, but like you really don't know who Siskel is. What I thought when I, when I was watching this, I was like, okay, so you know what must have happened? Ebert must have like reamed the third movie super hard, and now they're like giving it to him. Maybe he shit on Power Rangers. <laughs> I found the reviews that Siskel and Ebert did for the first two Adam Sandler movies. They did not do one for the third movie because they didn't do things that were direct to video. They just did theatrical releases. 
and they gave thumbs up reviews to both Adam Sandler and Adam Sandler. This Adam Sandler, he gave a review that was like glowing, that was like three stars, thumbs up. This is the rare sequel that's better than the original. It's a one note joke, but the joke is great. Thumbs up. So then I was really confused that they were, like, punching down so hard on Siskel and Ebert because they keep doing it. They go back to the gag through the whole episode and, like, like that's funny. Maybe that's a writer that was on something else, a director. Like, you know, maybe mm. that tie is not to the Adams Family proper. Saban Entertainment did not make the movies, so. Yeah. It's just interesting to me. But their costumes are great. And I feel like we don't have those... We lost those people, Gene Shalit, Siskel and Ebert. Like, we don't have any, like, um, sort of notable, well-known It's okay, anymore. we have comment sections now. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, it's okay, we have Rotten Tomatoes now. <laughs> yeah. Just five of us here. Uh, don't, is no, that, is that a that. callback to the last time that you reminded us that there's five of us here? There's five Just of say us. it, we're critics. Um, I guess I mean, the best critic of all are. time is Jay Sherman, and he's still with us, luckily. That's true. Buy my book. Watch it my, stinks. listen to my podcast. <laughs> After this reveal of the costumes, we cut to two robbers that are in costumes running from the police outside, and they sneak into, like, the Adams family's front gate to, to hide from these cops that are going by, and we have, like, a, a gesture and a, it's not quite a clown, it's kind of a clown mask. It's a very old mask, it's, it's uh, to give it a movie reference and a Boston reference, it's what they wear in the robbery scenes in the Friends of Eddie Coyle, the Boston movie from the 60s. It's like a... A timeless classic. Oh, yeah, the Friends of Eddie yeah. Coyle. Yeah. The, the... You know the Friends of Eddie Coyle? <laughs> <laughs> it's literally one of the greatest. It's... <gasps> oh, Joe, you're so quirky. <laughs> this is not a quirky thing. This is one of the. <laughs> this is a humongous fucking movie, okay? It's a huge. It's a huge boss. The fact that you guys don't know this movie is kind of shocking to me, and I think you'd all really enjoy it if nothing else, for all of the Boston of it, like going to the Boston Garden in the 60s. It's you know a what, huge Joe? Boston movie. It's what the town was trying to take off on. I'll just watch The Town. A good, a good crime movie. Eddie Coyle ain't no friend of mine. <laughs> it's also a great George V. Higgins novel. Does anybody read books anymore? Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ, my head's gonna explode okay, with you fuckers. So now I don't have to explain that mask to any of you listening because Joe gave that great reference from that big movie you all know please. so much. So now you know exactly what the mask looks like. Give me a moment, Jay, please. <laughs> we reach a lot of people. Please, somebody, message us, do something, tell me you know what I'm talking about. But don't with friends lie. Of Eddie Coyle. Don't lie and say you know it. If you You'll actually like know two, it, chime in. Maybe, maybe three. Don't but... come in just to defend Joe. Yeah, don't don't do it's that. It's like a huge Criterion Collection. There's a lot going on here, guys. Great novel, Criterion Collection, Boston. You know what's funny? I literally already forgot what the thing's called. Eddie, 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 <laughs> Eddie, Eddie Quail. I was going to make another joke, and I couldn't remember it. Eddie's pals. The friends. Friends of Eddie, Eddie Quail. And it's a great Eddie, cast. Eddie, Eddie goes on a duck tour. So anyway, so this mask is like curly-haired, kind of like a clown, like an exaggerated <laughs> clown face without makeup. It looks like the killer clowns from outer space. That's something that a most people would know. classic movie. Thank you, Gordo. Gordo, um, that is a classic movie, and they look nothing like that. They, they look like that at all. It looks nothing like that. They look like JR. <laughs> <laughs> As they're talking, the, um, the clown takes the mask off, and it reveals it's Jerry Van Dyke. And I... I did not see this coming at all. No. I was so excited when I saw Jerry Van Dyke. 
Was he like desperate for money? Like, how did he get him on the show? Are you under the impression that Jerry Van Dyke was loaded from coach? No, but (laughs) yes, I am because he did like 12 seasons of one of the biggest shows on TV at the time in a world where you made a lot of money to be a big show on TV. And he's got family money from Dick. Dick's still alive. He's still he he needed that money because it turns out he's going to live to be a thousand years old. So he's going to have to save up. He's getting that Mary Poppins residuals. He's fine. As we go on, I'd just like to say, I'm pretty sure that they gave Jerry Van Dyke a script for this, and he went, yeah, cool, thanks. Yeah. And he just riffed every <laughs> scene. Sure he did that with every acting credit yeah. he's ever had. Because he's just going, he's so funny, and he's his, funny his in humor this. in this is so different than everything else that you know he's just riffing, and they were like, shit, it's gold, just let him ride, and we'll just take the good ones. They're doing a very, like, classic villain duo that, like, most shows would have done in the past, yeah. even in the present a little bit. But that two-man, like, bad guy group, comedic, like, riffing off one another. But we do find out in the conversation it's a father-son duo. But he makes his son only refer to him as boss. And whenever he calls him dad, he gets real mad. And I was like, that's kind of (laughs) sad. Yeah. Yeah. In this scenario, sure. But, like, if you're in the bank, though, and you're like, I forgot to get the gun, dad. That's a problem, right? When you're in the bushes by yourself, you go, sorry, dad, don't call me dad. It's like, oh man, this kid must be so fucked up. Maybe he's a great dad and he's trying to protect him because, like, if he gets caught later and they try to arrest the son, that's the proof that he calls him dad. We get his three-word redemption at the end, though. That really shows the relationship. So these two are still outside when the family heads out because they're seeing the kids out as they're going to go trick-or-treating for the night. When they see the robbers, they assume that they're trick-or-treaters themselves and invite them in and they're like no that's okay but they hear like cops go by so they're like you know what we'll, we'll go in for a minute and then as soon as they walk in when uh jerry van dyke's character by the way doesn't have like an official name if you look him up it just said the burglar so in reference so just in fairness so jerry walks in and he sees lurch he goes Hey, Bigfoot, eating any good books lately? <laughs> that was the moment where I was like, he's just going for it, right? Eating any good books lately? Maybe laugh so fucking hard. And then uh, when he sees Morticia, he's like, he compliments her makeup. He says one more layer and she could do kabuki theater. <laughs> Again, goes, like his laugh is so <laughs> That's again how you know it's Jerry Van Dyke, too, because like that's not a joke kids are going to get. Like kids aren't going to know what Kabuki Theater is, you know? He also asks if this place was decorated by Martha Stewart's Undertaker, which she wouldn't have one until she was dead. Martha no. Stewart's still currently alive. Still currently alive. She has a, a personal Undertaker. <laughs> what, a, what a great band name, though, right? Martha Stewart's Undertaker? Oh, I started a band called Martha Stewart's American Badass. It's the worst version of that. <laughs> you just do kid rock covers? Yeah. We come down on a motorcycle two feet and then get off it like it was a really cool feat we did. While they're seeing their guests in, Gomez's like, oh, let me take your bag for you. And when he grabs it, he finds out that this bag is full of money. Because he wants to put candy in the bag because he thinks they're trick-or-treaters. In, in Gomez's brain now, he goes, oh, no, like, we were just going to give you these gummy bats. He's like, all our neighbors are in the spirit of Halloween. They're giving you all these stacks of cash. So he pulls out, like, two big wads of cash, like, out of his coat pocket. Also, good gag. The gummy bats are real live bats yes. that are dripping goo. Not the delicious, sour gummy bats you can get from Haribo this time of the year, which are so good and they make your teeth hurt. I didn't know they made gummy bats. They're delicious and they're very sour. They're so good. If you see the gummy sour bats at the store, grab them. I've bought like five bags of them so far. I don't eat much candy. I do like a good Haribo gummy, but um, usually the twin snakes. 
I'm a twin cherries guy. Well, the, the I don't mind them, but the twin steaks are like a bit sour, and I, I like my the sour. sour if you like the sour, you'll like the bats. I'm gonna keep an eye out. I just do sour patch watermelons. That's the only like candy I eat. The sour patch is hard for me because of that sugar. It rips your tongue up. My teeth hurt just having this conversation. I, I know we often have the conversation like. We talk about food a lot, which is <laughs> If you guys were a gummy item, what gummy item would you guys be? I'd be a gummy ferg. <laughs> no, I think it's funny to look back. It's something about, Ferg, you're so, like, trapped in time because, like, that's been your candy since we were children. <laughs> like, it's just like nothing's changed. I know what I like, and I stick with it. I mean, I appreciate that. Although, here's how well we know each other. Ferg's actual favorite was the CVS brand gummy watermelons until they changed them but he Yum. used to prefer those over the actual sour patch kid version facts and this is what happens we hang out with the same people for almost 40 years <laughs> yeah we're going on four decades yeah. of incessant friendship if only we met people that were nicer to us <laughs> <laughs> Imagine like an alternate world where we all went to a different school at seven years old that we're all just like mit scientists now <laughs> I'm pretty sure, Gordo, didn't you run, like, uh, did CVS just made me think of this, sorry. Like, old school CVS. Didn't you run, like, a stolen cigar racket? From I CVS? did. <laughs> you would, like, hide them around town, and when people wanted cigars, you'd, like, go pick them up and sell them. Yeah, I mean, I think the statue of limitations are uh, over on that, over <laughs> petty theft. Um <laughs> Yeah, I used to go into CVS's, and uh, people used to pay me to get Swisher Sweets. That's right. Those cigars. um, And I would lift them, as the kids would say, and then I would sell them for like $2.50 a cigar. That's all right. Jay got got banned from CVS for not stealing a leg. I know. I got banned from (laughs) CVS for a while for not stealing something. I got accused of stealing something I didn't steal. (laughs) And meanwhile, I'm over there going bloop. Uh, uh, meanwhile, if when had... you wouldn't leave, I got taken home by the cops, not you. Yeah, you know what? Our town's weird, okay? I got in trouble for not stealing, and then you're the one who got sent home in a police car. <laughs> <laughs> and on that, too, like, our whole generation is the reason that, like, if you need razors or fucking actual medicine that will make your head not hurt anymore, like, you have to get somebody to come unlock something. Like, it was so easy. The idea that Gordon was, like, stealing cigars because cigars were just in an aisle exactly. is fucking crazy now. You gotta date us, too, though, because this was at a time when CVS had a literal aisle of cigars for some reason. Yeah. And cigar cutters, which if you took as a <laughs> yeah. kid, they would let you buy for $2. We used to take and be like, look, I cut a rock in half with this thing. We're like, that's not a thing you should give to 10 We're lucky we have all our digits. These Seriously, we could have been dark manned. <laughs> now that these two robbers realize that the Adams family are loaded, they kind of go off to sidebar for a minute and they decide that, you know, the only logical thing to do now is to rob them. So we cut to like a little later. It looks like there's a scene break here. So this would have been post-commercial. They ran to the room, guns up, announcing that they're going to be, you know, holding them up. And they're all excited because they're into this type of thing. So now they all think it's a game. Fester's excited. It's his favorite game. He pulls out his gun, which is like a musket gun. <laughs> it's What do they call it? A blunderbuss? It's like a pirate gun. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that was, that was, I'm like, um, <laughs> Gomez like, grabs it from him. He's like, hey, like, you're being rude to our guests. And when he grabs it, the thing goes off. And you see like that, like the ball, like he catches it in his mouth. It's like that big, though. Yeah, it's a very big musket ball. They start doing this whole, like, you know, they tie him up, and they're like, all right, 
tell us where all your valuables are. It's like, no, you'll have to beat it out of us. And he's like, no, this isn't a violent robbery. Like, just tell me where everything is. Like, well, what's the fun in that? This feels very sexual where he's like shaking his butt at them. Where he's like, you're going to have to pistol whip me. You're going to have to pistol whip me. It's very darkly sexual. See, this part reminds me of the first movie when Morticia's tied up and they're torturing her to try to get her to open the vault. And she she just likes it. Right. When um Gomez gets there, it's like, it's like our honeymoon. I feel like they, they also made it. It's our honeymoon joke in this one, I think, too. I think they yeah, mentioned that they did. line. Yeah. tied up. I noticed around this point, I feel like Fester is, like, the way he plays the character very young, despite being, like, an adult man. But he, like, the way he reacts to things, like, he's like, oh, like, he's very, like, like a six-year-old, basically. Like, anytime, like, he's not, like, he doesn't get what he wants, but he's disappointed. He's like horny Casper. I don't get a horny vibe from Fester. He's more childish. <laughs> I also don't get a Casper vibe. Yeah, I, I get, get Horny and Casper from him. He's very... When he's like, oh, pistol with me. Oh, he definitely does not do that. <laughs> Joe, man, there's a there's a weird transmission error in your... <laughs> I got very horny from him. I literally felt like he was, like, shaking his, his butt at Did you say you got very horny from him? Well, he does have a black belt in sadomasochism. That's yes. true. Third degree black belt. And then from there, we cut to the kids who are trick-or-treating, and they knock on the door of this couple who, like, clearly loves Halloween. And you see, like, one of them's got a Jason mask on, the girl's got, like, that fake hatchet hat on where it looks like it's going into her skull. Always wanted one of those. They're really excited to have their first trick-or-treaters of the night, and they tell the kids, like, oh, you're gonna say the magic words if you want these raisins. Instantly thought of Ferg, and how Ferg definitely went, uh alone in his room when he heard that. <laughs> Ferg would have punched that guy in the face in real life. I'm sorry, raisins is not candy. It's nature's candy. I agree. Candy. I like raisins, but not candy. But what about raisinets? No, I love raisinets. I love raisinets. Love raisinets. Gross. Have I ever told you guys about the time that trick or treaters came to my house unexpectedly when I lived in? Um... Yes. That... Yes, and you gave oh, them I beans. Have... Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you told them on the show. And then Gordo had the most bland chili ever that week. He's like, we don't have any beans. It's just sauce and peppers. We're doing it. Now, with a show like this, I painstakingly every week, if it's in the wheelhouse of around this time, I go through editors. I go through everybody's IMDb. I am just trying to find anybody who worked on Mantis. Nobody has worked on Mantis. It is impossible but this woman who plays the trick-or-treater ghost was on a show that sounds like Mantis that I do not remember. Oh, Bantis. That sounds amazing. Do you guys remember this show? It is called... Mantis? Pantis? Nightman. Nightman doesn't sound like Mantis. It was on the same amount of time. There's comic crossovers. It's supposedly the same universe. Okay, so I don't remember this. It's a story of Johnny Domino, a jazz musician who gets struck by lightning. And it then... was on USA at night. Okay, I need to find Nightman, because this might be a Mantis double feature. It's right you don't remember Nightman. It was I, I was surprised, too. I was like, this seems like it would have been something I watched, you know? He had, lo- he had long hair, and, and the thing covered his eye. Yeah, he was a jazz musician, so he's like, let's just smoke a joint real quick before we go fight crime. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, this couple tells him, hey, you gotta say trick or treat, it says say the magic words. When they say it, then the couple says, trick, 
they offer, so they said, you know, you're going to have to trick us if you want these raisins. Bad move. And then invite these children into their house. Now. Also creepy. They're a fun-loving, innocent couple, but I was like, okay, can't just have kids go into your house like this. I was actually surprised that Wednesday said trick or treat when, like, I thought it say the magic words, now, something like yeah. that. Like, <laughs> Well, what she does say is as they're walking in, she's like. It's your funeral as she holds these giant bolt cutters when they're when they're walking into the house. I love when I look up all these actors, see what they've done and like where their lives have gone. Uh, male Yuppie is the character name here by Kevin Michael Perry. Only acting credit. Really? Only one he ever did. That's so like this weird. dude is someday at a bar. And he's like, yeah, I was on TV once. I was male Yuppie <laughs> number one, the pilot of the Adams Family 1998 TV show. I got tortured by some kids. They reminded me of the camp consulates from Adam's Family Values. Yes, I think they were oh. definitely going for that. They were probably going for that vibe, I bet. Yeah. And now we get back to the house where we see everyone, like, sitting, like, in kind of, like, backs against one another in a circle, though. And they're all tied up. And the burglars are yelling at them to tell them where they hide the money. And they give them, like, the instructions as to where to find it. And again, like, the family's okay. having Where, where are your valuables? Valuables. That, that is important, actually, because that comes into play later. Where the valuables are. Valuable, you know, what's valuable is in the eye of the beholder. That's true. Well, we've come to find well, that out later. That's beauty. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. It's all the same. So the two run up because they give, they're given instructions as to where to find the valuable. As, like, they get to the top of the stairs, the two start talking to one another. And the son's like, you know, I want to just get out of here. And the father's telling how, you know, I've been robbing people my whole life. And this is the easiest I've ever had it. It's like taking candy from an ugly baby. They go on for like a bit more and then boom, trap door and they fall basically like far enough that they should die, but they're fine because it's a sitcom. They cut away to Morticia asking Gomez if they should have warned them about the trap door. He's like, what? And ruin the surprise? And they land just out of sight of a guillotine that then drops. It drops like, yeah, and their heads are like just far enough back that it doesn't affect them. I thought like, I don't know. Again, it's a very, it's very home alone-ish the way that they're treating these two. Yeah, they're making them run through the gauntlet. I wish they stepped on a bunch of uh, micro-machines and went <laughs> yeah. flying down the hallway. I would have loved the Jerry Van Dyke, Fritchie, Fritchie, Fritchie. Jerry Van Dyke all of a sudden has like a little blue cap on before he yeah. gets his head burnt. Ah! It was a sad thing on Jerry Van Dyke's deathbed. He put his hand up and there was a circular A on his <laughs> hand from when he grabbed the <laughs> handle of the door. We cut back to where the kids are at, and now they're outside of that house where they were trying to trick-or-treat earlier, and there's a few other kids with them now. And those kids are ringing the doorbell over and over again, and no one's answering. They're like, oh, like, I guess no one's home. And they're like, no, uh, they're home. And you cut to the inside, and you see, like, the doorbell's rigged up to wires. And, like, every time the doorbell rings, electricity shoots to the couple who's now tied up and being like, severely electrocuted every time the doorbell goes off. This yeah. is torture of a human being. It is, yes. This is where the show took a turn for me. I like, I just, I, this is a weird vibe on top of other weird vibes. This show is like really, really struggling to figure out what it's trying to be. And this right, I don't know why this right here really turned me off on the show. Nick, I think you're right. When the kids walk away and they're like, no, they're home. 
keep trying meaning yeah. keep electrocuting them yeah also when they like, get electrocuted ferg i think you'll appreciate this they look like that scene in batman forever where they throw the electricity thing and the guys just go it's <laughs> 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 like the worst effect of all time what gets me is because yeah you do see them getting electrocuted and it looks like i mean it's 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 fun like they're they're not doing it in a way that's like they've got the wacky like pushed out hair but thing. it's also to the point where it's like it looks like it could be fatal if it goes on for much longer the thing is, and Nick, to what you're saying is, when you look at other parts of the Adams family, like different incarnations of it, and even in the show when you see other parts, the joke is like that they're kind of, they like pain, like receiving it. Right, so, yes. So it's no, point the gun at us, like torture mm-hmm. us, like I want to be tortured. When they're torturing innocent people who won't find joy in that, it, it hits very differently. Yeah, it's yeah, it seemed a little unnecessary and a little... I don't know. It just spoke to how nice couple that loves Halloween. And now they're like going to, they're being tortured all night and they don't, they don't want that. Not to always go back to Adam's family values, which is the superior Adam's family vehicle. When they finally torture uh, Joan Cusack, it's because she's been the villain for an hour and a half. And she's finally getting her comeuppance. These are just shitheads who were like, it's funny. We don't give you candy for Halloween. And then these two little masochists are like, they were just going to light you up. I feel like that's the only thing that carried over from the movie, though, is the Wednesday character. Because the original series, Wednesday was like an innocent little girl that just kind of looked gothic almost. Right. But she's dark in the movies. Yeah. And then in the movies, she became dark. And that carried on. Just that became Wednesday's character for every iteration since. Serial killer trading cards and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think when you look back at uh, Amy Fisher. (laughs) When you look back at at those movies, I think because Christina Ricci's portrayal of Wednesday was one of the standouts of the whole franchise. Correct. So I think that's why that's something that everyone else clung to after because that was something that really was like the thing that most of America gravitated towards when those movie, movies came out. And I think our generation too, I think Christina Ricci in that movie like basically got like our generation's heart immediately, right? We're just yeah. like, yes, Christina Ricci, whatever you say. I've said this before. My my first crush was Wednesday Adams. Christina Ricci is Wednesday Adams. It was my first ever crush as a kid. Black Snake Moan, Christina Ricci still does it for me. I mean, yes, but I was a little older at that point and I already liked her. We get back to the house and Gomez is asking Grandmama how dinner is doing. <laughs> Saying Grandmama with a straight face is killing me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Grandmama. <laughs> Grandma's just dribbling the ball in the hallway. So we cut to this big door and we see like a hairy arm break through it and it's like pounding away trying to get, get out of this um whatever it's in, whether it be a fridge or anything. And in another room, like those sounds are making the, the younger burglar jump. And he bumps his dad into an electric chair, and he's like, sorry, Dad. He goes, don't call me Dad, as he's being electrocuted. <laughs> Jerry Van Dyke is on, like, year nine of coach at this point. He is making so much money, and he is very, he does not need to be doing this, and he's making fake electricity noises and yelling <laughs> at some dude to not call him Dad. What a hero. I mean, he had to have known, or somebody had to have known him, right, with the, the production on this show or something like it's a same agent or something for sure. Yeah, this is a yeah. new show. We need some sort of namesake to really like kind of. Also, guys, uh, and no disrespect to Jerry Van Dyke, but you're acting like they got George Clooney to play the burglar. How <laughs> fucking dare you? <laughs> Jerry Van Dyke is like a generational, hu- like, yeah, comedian. 
Jerry yeah. Van Dyke didn't get his big break until he was like 60 years old. <laughs> like he, Yeah, and so same with Leslie Nielsen, and we still love him. But I'm saying like this isn't like beneath him type of job. Like this isn't that crazy that he's in it. I, I like seeing him in it, but I'm not shocked by it. Eh, no, I disagree. Yeah, I think it is. It's it's really strange that he's in this weird pot one-off shot pilot. By any chance, is this the same network as Coach? No. This would no. have been Fox. This is Fox, and Coach was one of the major, uh, either CBS, ABC, or NBC. I think CBS. Okay. Right, but yeah. we do often bring up the greatest horror icon of our time, Leslie Nielsen. And I do want to say <laughs> that Ellie Harvey, who played Dracula, the best Dracula of uh, any generation, <laughs> Hands down. Ellie Harvey, who plays Morticia in this, was in uh, the Mr. Magoo movie. But her scenes were deleted. I forgot they made that movie. The saddest, the saddest fucking credit ever. But like, Mr. Magoo, the movie, parenthetical, scenes deleted. Like, oh, geez. I just remember him skiing at one point. <laughs> That's all I remember about the movie. Skiing backwards because he can't see. (laughs) (laughs) So we talked earlier about the kids being a little bit mean-spirited with uh, that couple. Now, this one's tricky, right? So now they're walking and they see this kid who's a bully and he's stealing candy from the other kids. And these kids run off and they approach him afterwards. And Wednesday goes, don't you feel guilty stealing candy from little children? And he's like, actually, no, not at all. She goes, I respect that. I loved, I actually really loved her delivery there. She's, she's definitely aping the Ricci. Yeah. She has a good job. But now this kid's like, okay, now he's trying to steal Wednesday and Pugsley's candy. And Pugsley hands over the bag, but not before throwing dynamite in it. So the kid walks off. Dynamite with a timer, like a Wiley Coyote cartoon. Yes. Yeah. So now kid walks off. Wednesday takes out the detonator thing and then uh, murders this kid, I guess. Straight up. Just murders a child. I was expecting to see him in like a tree with his hair messed up, like ah oh, later, and it never happened. If you don't give me that like 50s, 60s style like gag of the kid, like Roo, then I have to assume he's dead now. Yeah, so, they mur- straight up murdered this child. And again, he's yeah. a bully, so it kind of aids to what we we're saying before. Like at least this kid's like a bad guy. But he tried to steal candy and got. Blown up, like I, I yeah, I don't and know. And then, this. as as the candy flies back into the air that was in the bag, all the kids that I assume the kids that he was robbing earlier, you see them in the background, like picking up all the candy, <laughs> which I can only assume is also covered in blood and guts. One kid because, puts oh, yeah, his yeah. ear <laughs> because <laughs> this dude completely exploded, but the kid's like, Oh, candy, like the don't mind that finger that just flew by with it. But is that a butterfinger? No, it's a bully finger. <laughs> <laughs> they should have at least aged the kid up. A little because he looked, yeah. even though he was a bully, he looked like an innocent kid. It's hard yeah. to it's hard to root against like an eight year old. I know. <laughs> I wish they had like the Mister McCraig thing where he came back and he had like his arms and legs misplaced and he was like, oh, I don't know what I'm gonna do because then you know his life's gonna be a nightmare. But like he's not dead. Yeah. So I, again, it's one of those like let's see what kind of hijinks these kids are gonna get into. But they're just serial killers in this show. Just like lighting cats on fire in the alleyway. <laughs> it's like what the fuck. Yeah, like, I want to see the, like, this is 1998, I want the uh, multi-part, like, Hulu original series about the, like, multi-state crime spree these kids eventually went on. Siskel and Ebert went on a killing spree. Well, you have the two kids after they blow up this kid, and it's like, they're going, I found that explosion predictable and grotaceous. And then she goes, really? I gave it two thumbs up. (laughs) Yeah, I do appreciate this is the second time that they do the, they actually riff on. And they nail it. 
Oh, it's a sleeper. And they do it so well, yeah. I mean, it's a sleeper yeah, at the movies do. every Saturday morning was something I did watch a lot as a kid, and they did it pretty well. Back into the house again, back to the adults. There's a lot of back and forth. Get back in the house. Jerry Van Dyke's running in the room, arms up. Did somebody want to get shot? <laughs> and you just have Pugsley <laughs> go, I do, I do. Shaking his butt again. <laughs> you stop. <laughs> I will say that the, the, I don't know when to interject this part of the conversation. The way this is shot, and it, it is obviously shot as a kid's show, also obviously very of that time, that late 90s, like the way it looks, the way it's like the cameras are moving, the, the back and forth, back and forth, like it all feels very of that time. I didn't like the way that it was shot. I just didn't like the, the old, it didn't look like film stock, and I can't quite explain it, but it was like something with like the coloring or like the cinematography or something like i don't know enough it's 90s children's television though it it was shot differently it's like it just that's how that stuff looked around that era. everything everything saban did was cheap i'm with you gordo but i i wrote in my notes too at the beginning of this i was like this feels nostalgic it's whatever film stock whatever color filters they use and the editing it doesn't say it's good or bad, but didn't it feel like watching TV in 1998? Like, I, it very much brought me back to what TV looked like then, that it does not look like now. No, it did. I just wish that I knew more about the process so I could pinpoint exactly what I didn't like. I feel like it's got to be filmed, though, 98. We're not, we're not full digital yet. It had to have been. Which means that there is like a salt mine somewhere with all of the like a hundred reel per episode of this TV show being preserved in like a temperature controlled mountain, which is insane. The burglar's upset. He finally found the safe and all that was in it was this worthless vial. Gomez like worthless? Since when is Black Plague worthless? I, th- I actually did get a chuckle out of that. I got a chuckle too. It's also a very large vial. Yes, it is. And he goes, when I said valuables, to go back to when Fur corrected me earlier, justifiably, he's like, I meant loot, De Niro, greenbacks, money. A greenback I've never heard. Really? I have. I've never heard that one. I don't give a damn about a greenback a dollar. It's a very popular term. I hate that. I I don't want to fucking talk because you give me the dirty looks like it's on a fucking. I was waiting for it. I was ready to. No, 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 no. I'm with Joe. Gordo. Thank you, Gordo. It's a civil war. I believe that's what they called it, like post-civil war. Yeah. Yeah. But the song Joe was going to mention, Joe was going to act like it was a top 10 hit. Oh, yeah. You didn't know about that from Tin Cap Sally? First of all, you're speaking of Tin Pan Alley, which is not the same thing, but... Okay, I was just making shit up, but okay. Tin Pan Alley, it... mm. (laughs) What, 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 Joe? Quirk it up. You guys are really letting the weed out of the chap right now, right? <laughs> it's chaff, you motherfucker. It's chaff. <laughs> oh, my God. And week by week, we can see Joe getting angrier and angrier. He's devolving. I love it. Yeah, I'm going to turn into what's in fucking the Mario Brothers movie. I'm going to turn into, like, Joe <laughs> proud, <kid>. Joe strong. <laughs> shaking my little head by the end of this. It's going to take a few years, but then Joe's going to start, like, doing the unthinkable and start canceling shows once in a while, too. Like, it's, it's going to be a crazy, bizarre world. Anyways, they're like, oh, money, why don't you just say so? It's in the cookie jar in the kitchen. So, like, they, they run over to the kitchen now, and the cookie jar is, like, this giant skull Look pretty cool, actually. Like if I like that, would I wouldn't put cookies in it, but it wouldn't be bad for like you know knickknack storage. Cookies aren't good in a jar like that. 
Cookies go bad in a jar like that. There's no seal. Yeah. But they've hit the jackpot because inside of it is tons of money and jewelry and things of that nature. Is there some change too? At one point I feel like I heard the like sound effects guy was like making the like when you dip your hand into like a big thing of pennies. It was noise. probably Spanish doubloons. I was gonna say it's probably like rare coins or something okay, like that. Yeah. yeah. And the younger one's like, I could finally buy myself that pony. <laughs> and his dad's like, I could finally divorce that hack you call a mother and move up to Tahiti with Bambi. Tahiti with Bambi sounds pretty fun. You didn't hear that. (laughs) And again, I feel like that's all him riffing. I feel like that's not in the script. His lines are a very different tone than the rest of the show, so I could see him being like, I can go a little off, right? As long as I'm kind of, you know, follow the thing. I mean, that's kind of the thing about him. He's never been somebody else. He's always just been Jerry Van Dyke on screen in somebody else. You hire him to be him. Yeah. And and now after they find all this stuff, we, we cut back to the family again, and they're bored because... They've just been tied up. They haven't been tortured. They haven't been beaten. So none of the fun stuff they want. So they just lift the ropes up, which exposes the fact that they were never really trapped. They were just going along with it the whole time. And they're like, we got to split up and find the robbers, I think under the assumption that they might be lost. Also, Uncle Fester screams, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> he does. This sucks. <laughs> which, again, we've talked about this before. Our generation has normalized to any youth or whatever <laughs> that sucks a dick is a thing you can just shorthand and it's so funny to me but that was like to look back at that time especially like late 90s and when you look back at i know we always bring up wrestling because we grew up watching wrestling you look at like 98 suck it all that stuff like saying so and so you suck like kids like what that was not that taboo of a term anymore like it was like the, the everything was like blown off the roof at that point like things were a little too wild but Sucks was very mellow. 98's when Mankind went through the table off the cell, didn't he? Isn't it? Nick, will you stop talking yeah. about Dude. wrestling? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, like, I feel like, like, this sucks. Like, I don't think that's, like, anything that it would... It still surprised me. Yeah. Like, it surprised that, me, like, too, like, yeah. Mm, mm. Hearing kids say suck a dick is weird. Well, again, that's not a kid saying suck a dick. <laughs> that's an adult saying I'm sorry, sucks. Say, people saying that to a kid's show, rather. Sucks, though, I mean was kind of a bad word at that point that's why all that counterculture stuff was what it was you know like the suck it wouldn't have had a as big of an impact as it did if sucks wasn't right it, but it was because it, it's word. not that it wasn't bad but it just became so common that it didn't flag you as like you're so used to hearing it at that point and now again, you could hear a kid, a four-year-old on TV show, be like, "This sucks," and you're like, "That's whatever, keep on moving." Like it's just, it's very different. Thirty years later, I remember my mother yelling at me for saying this sucks. I do too. I remember being younger and being like, "Don't say that." Yep. I remember going to wrestling events legit as a kid when they would chant like, "Owen sucks," like, like looking at my dad, like, "Can I say it?" Like when everyone <laughs> would chant, and you'd like, get, "We're like, in the, the moment." Can I say it now? <laughs> and your dad's like, "Who gives a fuck?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get like the one-time permission though that you're allowed to do it. But anyways, yeah, so now they're all dispersing to go find the robbers. So we cut back, and now the robbers hear that the Adams family have escaped. And now the dad's going, we should split up. He's like, I'll take the bag so you can go faster. This piece of shit's going to abandon his son. He's such a shitty human being. (laughs) Also, we didn't mention it, but the three words he always wanted to hear was he finally tells his kid you were not adopted. Well, well, what what happens is... His son is saying, you know, tell me that you love me. He's like, he's asking him blatantly to say that he loves him first. But he says, tell me the three words I've been waiting to hear my whole life. 
And that's when the dad says, you weren't adopted. And he, he I acts, love you too, daddy. He reacts as if he said, I love you. I hate you, daddy. <laughs> that's when he gave him a cool Dr. Money haircut. He looked like Charles Barkley without the muscles. So, <laughs> so now we cut back to grandma, who's... Uh, she <laughs> finds out that dinner is Charles Barkley and Grandma. It's such a short sequence. This is basically a basketball podcast. <laughs> she finds out dinner's escaped, and she grabs some knives to hunt it down. And so now she runs off. And now we see like the son, the uh, burglar, the gesture. He's trying to escape, and he gets into this like area of the house where it lurches in like armor. No, that's the li- that's that's not no, Lurch. that's the Sasquatch. That's, that's the li- no, that's the living armor that they have in their thing. Oh, that was even it? in the I original just it was show. Lurch in the armor. No, Lurch is in a seat. Lurch is in a chair, and someone okay. falls on his. You're lap right. You're later. right. You're right. So there's okay. So there's the armor there. No, I completely forgot they had the living armor. So I was like, why is Lurch in there? And that's when we get like Fester doing the light bulb thing, kind of out of nowhere. They are just trying to get the gag in the episode. I mean, it's a great gag, and you have to do it. They should have done that. During the electrocution scene, when the, when he hit the thing, have have Festa do the light bulb then, or something like that. I know he was tied up at the time, but at least electricity was involved. Right, there's so much electricity in this episode, they don't do it then, yeah. You don't have to sneak it in this episode, that's the thing. Like, you can just do it another time. Or, like, just put it literally in the um, opening. Snap, snap. Yeah, like, <laughs> I have a light bulb in my mouth. Snap, snap. You'd be like, okay, well, we know, he, we know he does that now. And then you can do it anywhere, and you'll never be, like, waiting for it, you know? Yeah, so the, so this kid falls to the ground, and that's when Thing walks up and, like, places his fingers or so on him. And he, like, gets up and runs off. This, this dude's terrified now of everything so going the, on. The, we didn't talk about but the Thing, I don't know, effect, the Thing effect was really well done for a television show. I thought so too, actually. We don't get a lot of it, but uh, the the few times they did it, I thought, yeah, it did work out pretty well. You get him in the Don't Wake Daddy outfit, and then you get him doing all this stuff, and it's good every time. It's uh, I forget the guy's name, but he's just an illusionist. He's not like an actor. It's a guy who like does hand stuff all the time, so they were like, well, that makes the most sense. Just doing hand stuff all the time. Just hand stuff. <laughs> doing hand stuff with Fester. Yeah. Oh, give me hand stuff. Stop uh. it. He's, he's childish. You can't... <laughs> Oh, you finally talk about an adult in a sexual way, and you pick the one that acts like a child. <laughs> so now, so now this is the point where we see um the the father, and he's like in like this. I don't know if it was in the living room or library area, but you see all these books behind him. That he's backing up towards that wall, and the wall slides up, and the Grim Reaper is just there and drags him off. Well, yeah, duh. First off, again, we brought this up earlier. I don't know if the Grim Reaper is like a character on the show that he's just hanging in the house, but he's there briefly. But then like a half second later, the very next shot is like him he's alone fine. again without the Grim Reaper. Yeah. There's like no payoff to that at all. <laughs> nope. And he's like, I got to get out of here. But first I have to sit down. <laughs> he sits on Lurch's lap. Nothing, Joe. Oh, I was going to say like, it's weird because I guess in canon from Bill and Ted, you can have the Grim Reaper who hangs out and can do things without killing you. And a little bit in the classic, like, Grim Reaper playing, like, chess with you thing, where, like, you can play for your life that they do in Bill and Ted. But usually you don't get the Grim Reaper just being like, howdy! And then, like, doesn't touch you when you die. Like, that's a weird thing to have around. It was the fact that he 
grabbed him though, like in a way that like the the there's a re- like if the Grim Reaper like grabs you from behind and like drags you off, like that's that's probably not good. That's the end usually. Yeah. But the next shot, it's as if that never happened, and then he's like running off on his own again. There's like no explanation or payoff to that. Do we know that he's a Grim Reaper and not like one of those gargoyle things from uh, Lord one of the, the Rings? <laughs> Is that one of the walking trees? No, no, no. The guys in the horse that look like Grim Reapers. The Nazgul? Yeah, the Gazgul. Nazgul. The Gabagul? Ooh, Gabagul. It's salty. We talked about how, like, the Adams family, they all, like, they look creepy and stuff, but they never mean anybody harm. So maybe it was just, it pulled him into a closet with no intent on hurting him. Oh, in the closet with me! Um, <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you? I wish I knew. You got no comment on the guy sitting on Lurch's lap, but you're going all <laughs> off on poor Festa. I would say that this is not a world where there is harmless, though, right? Because because the kids, the kids are murderers. The kids are the rest of the family. They're just playing with the robbers who they think maybe it skips generation. After this, the father and son run into one another again, and they hear. Mama, just Mama, uh, running into the room, and but she's like looking for dinner. That monster that's run off, but they think that she's like hunting them down. So they hide behind like a curtain, and she's like screaming about how she's gonna like skin them and cut them up. But like really, she's she's talking to someone that's not them. But they're terrified. And then uh, when they have their out, they run off. Am I the only one that thought the payoff of the episode was going to be the dinner saved them? Like, maybe they're all held at gunpoint and, like, the monster's hot, like, hand comes and, like, knocks them no, out No, because or at like that. this point, I was so fucking confused where they might <laughs> even be going that I, I just stopped trying to speculate. It follows a storyline, but it is a little frantic because of how often it cuts from thing to thing to because thing. Because it's frantic, though, that makes me feel like it's a lot like the original show. I just think it's more, it just more caters to the fact that it's for kids. It's just that, yeah. that style. The short attention spans. <laughs> you yeah. gotta throw everything fast. So now we see Gomez, who's looking for uh, the two of them as well. But the doorbell rings. When he opens the door, it's his kids being brought home by the police. For what crime? Right, well, first he just says that they've been terrorizing the neighborhood and that they set a nursing home on fire, but they were able to get the fire out before any real damage happened. Too dark. Do you get to go home after that? No, no, you don't no. get to kill a building full of elderly. Hey, you tried murdering dozens, if not hundreds, of people. And people we're who can't you run home. and get away fast from the fire. Like, that's a terrible, terrible crime. Yeah, um... Again, I think they didn't know, the writers didn't seem to know the line of darkness that they're supposed to have with these kids. I think they lost the, like, wasn't that funny? It's, like, too weird, you where know? The, like, where a movie should have more free reign to go a little darker, the the show is lighter in nature compared to the movies, but the things they're referencing are darker. I don't know, and, um... Adam's family values, they in the, the whole Thanksgiving uh, play, they pretty much murdered every kid there and every parent in the audience. Well, they did make them listen to Michael Jackson, and that's a murderable offense. Uh, if you're going to separate art from the artist. I'm not going to separate art from the artist when it comes to Michael Jackson, who so, basically is Uncle aside. Fester going, mm, the whole some, time. Some bangers. Not going to do it. Some real bangers. make them listen to Michael Jackson? 
when they put him in the room. Oh, when they're in that room? I remember them watching all the movies. I don't remember Michael Jackson. There's the poster in there, and he freaks out because he's alone. It's on the he wall. Looks, he looks at the poster and goes like, ah! <laughs> Which is funny because originally Michael Jackson had put together a movie he was going to do that was going to be a preamble to Absolute Values that was about a weird guy who lived in a mansion that hung out with a bunch of kids and the townspeople called him a freak and a weirdo, and they filmed, like, half of it, and Stephen King wrote it, and then things got really weird, and they were like, we're sorry, Michael, we can't put this in front of the movie, and then they put the make fun of Michael Jackson joke in the movie, just fucking wild. So that exists somewhere. Yo, you can see footage online of it, yeah. Oh, neat. Uh, it's basically just people. There's interviews with people being like, "I didn't know what to tell him," so because like the casting guys are like, "Just yell at him and call him a freak." Like he's a townspeople, like Frankenstein's monster. And there's one guy who's like, "You're so weird. You're a freak. You bleach no. yourself white." And they're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! That's too far. That's too far. <laughs> oh, you're ignorant. That's ignorant. <laughs> Don't say that to me. Oh, faster, come <laughs> okay, here. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, fuck Michael Jackson." I'd rather not. You defend. <laughs> you looked like you were going to defend it for a second, Jay, and I was like, "Are you going to die on that hill?" I don't think so, but I'd rather not. So, um, so when Gomez finds out about all the disgusting things his children did, uh, obviously that doesn't phase him or upset him. He goes, "Well, children, you tried your best." This is when, like, the robbers who are trying to run away from what they think is being skinned alive run to the front door, and the cops instantly recognize him. Like, watch out, these guys are. You know, armed robbers. These guys are bank robbers. Like, okay. This guy's an assistant coach at a very good fucking college football team. Get him. <laughs> and he's going, just arrest us. Like, get us away from these lunatics. And, uh, you know, so they get handcuffed and taken off. Now, the Adams family got richer from that, too, because they never get the bag. They leave the bag. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. Bank robbery money's money. still in there. And, like, they see them off as they're being, like, taken away. And they're waving on, like, oh, what strange men. And it's like, well, Halloween brings out all kinds. And you just get, like, that one last closing scene, which I kind of thought was unnecessary. I didn't think this was necessary at all. Yeah, I was like, just a, like it should have ended there with them waving goodbye. <laughs> but and it would have saved some prop, some prop person from having to build, like, a giant skeleton to put on the table. Like, it's just unnecessary all around. Yeah, so now it's dinner time. Apparently, they, they caught this monster that's been running around the house and ate it. And the bones are gigantic. It basically looks like they ate a dinosaur. He ate Spot from the Munsters. Yeah. Spike, whatever it was. You know, you see the giant bones, and, like, you get that that big lurch burp to start the scene, which is kind of funny, but... Goes on a tad too long, though, that burp. Yeah, because it just felt like it was time killer, because there was, like, nothing yeah. significant happened in the scene. You see them fighting over the wishbone, which is gigantic, and the kids are going through their candy, but they're upset that they were given candy, because I don't know what they wanted, though. They didn't want raisins, but they, apparently it was bad to give them candy, too. Yeah, like, there's nothing that makes them happy. They, right. they, they wanted those. They wanted apples with razor blades in them. Yeah, and eyeballs and bullshit. And then it just kind of ends in a toast. And, again, I just think waving off as the, the robbers are arrested and literally saying goodbye and waving was the perfect do, 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 way to do, do. end it. Would have been perfect, right? Snap, snap, snap. snap. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's the conclusion of the episode. They're going to go to jail for 40 years. There's no way that Joey Van Dyke's going to live to get out of jail from this one. He'll die in prison. Snap, snap. That's how the episode should have ended. So I don't have a lot more about the show. I can't remember, uh, like I said, much about it. I remember seeing the show, but I don't really remember much. I don't know if there's anything else you guys want to add about it. No, my few facts I just sprinkled throughout the episode. So. 
I mean, I will say I would love to see the director's cut of this because I feel like the reason they had to do that final scene at the dinner table is because Jerry gave them so much and they were like, some of this isn't going to fly or some of this is weird. We have to cut it. And they realized they needed like another 30 seconds to fit the time for all the commercials and everything. And I would rather have 30 seconds more of Jerry Van Dyke jokes than that end scene. There was like a minute at the end of the episode you could have cut. the uh, To me personally, that whole night before Christmas thing should have been cut. Yeah. So I got one more fact, though. Actually, I just remembered it now. Um, this show is still on in other countries. They still r- run their repeats. Interesting. That's kind of wild for how, I mean, it's a lot of episodes, but not a lot to, like, keep it going. It's weird that it's, like, 25 years later. Yeah, and it's still, like, getting plays in other areas for sure. So that means someone in another country doesn't know the original family, Adam's family song, and they just go snap, snap. Or they, that one's like the shitty version. Walk around going, oh, Adam's family. I will say, though, if anything else, this does make me want to go to bed tonight and watch Family Values because that's a great Halloween movie that should be watched for everybody in October. We gave Family Values a lot of credit, but the original one is pretty damn good, too. Look, I like the original one a lot. I do think that was, that was a lot better. But they're a great back-to-back. Speaking of a good movie marathon, watch one and two, back-to-back. It's three hours. You'll be fine. That's fine. I don't consider that a marathon. I can do two movies. Two movies in a row if they're the same franchise, I consider a marathon. You watch Ghostbusters one and two in a row, the two good ones, that's good. And then you add the third Ghostbusters, the good one from like a year ago with the kid from... Uh... The third Ghostbusters in 2016, yeah. No, 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 the third one, the good one from like Afterlife. a year ago. Afterlife, thank you, that. The good third Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters Afterlife. 2016. That was a good movie, actually. I was surprised yeah. at how good it ended up being. Afterlife was really good. I got very emotional right? when Egon had that. Yeah, they, I was like could, looking at my wife being like, I'm fucking crying at a kid's <laughs> Ghostbusters movie in 2021 or whatever, and I fucking can't handle it. What kind of roller coaster of emotions did we send you through with, with our movie that we put out in 2016, though? Uh, betrayal, sadness, <laughs> <laughs> questioning my childhood. I took a Dramamine. I was so sick. Get it? <laughs> With all that being said, I think we might as well close this out and get into the Greenlighter cancels. Order I see you guys in right now. Nick, starting with you. Not even JVD could save this one. I was just, I was lost. I don't know if maybe it was because just my expectation versus reality with this show, but it, they were just so so far off from each other. Uh, I thought it was... The only thing about it that I I liked was it was, I guess, well acted, right? That wasn't the problem. I think it just really tried too hard. It didn't really know, like I said earlier, it didn't know what it wanted to be, uh, even though it exists in a a very established universe already. They should have been able to figure out what they wanted to be, uh, and they still just couldn't do it. I was just like really... At halfway through this episode on the player, I sped it up to 1.5 speed. I was like, I can't, I, I'm going to blow my head off if I have to watch this at regular speed. It was just, it was really unwatchable. I did not enjoy this show at all. Hard, hard cancel. Joe. I had a tough one with this. I went into this thinking I was going to hate this so hard so quickly. And then I was surprised that there was a few things that did tug at me. I did really get some nostalgia from it. I think visually more than anything. But again, remembering this time and like the Fox kids being 12 or 13 in 1998, I like Horty Uncle Fester. I know you guys don't see that, but I think that's a fun take on it. But the best part of this episode is Jerry Van Dyke. 
would you watch another episode? You're like, oh, well, I don't know because I have no idea what the dynamic is going to be for the next episode. I don't know what kind of adventures they're going to be in. Is this going to be based all on like character actor guest stars? And are they all going to be good? And I'm trying to, again, knock away the I'm not a kid thing. I had fun watching this, but I mean, I'm not going to put on another episode. I think if it was on in the background as a kid, I would have. But this episode was fun, but it's all the elements of it. I don't think the best parts of it would be in the next episode. And it's a weird thing, but I'm going to cancel it. Berg. So I agree with Joe on a lot. I had fun and I like brought this show had a lot of nostalgia. Um, I like the theme song. I think we're being a little hard on it because it was a kid's show, even with a few adult themes. That being said, I watched it as a kid a little bit and I didn't stick with it. So I didn't like it then. So I'm not going to pass it now. So it's a cancel for me now just based on that experience. I don't think it's that bad of a show. And I respect that they're trying to bring the Adams family to a, a next generation. But it's just, it wasn't for me. So uh, cancel. Go on up. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to rock the boat here. From the second that I heard that awful theme song, that was a cancel right then and there. That was an abomination. I think Nick said it, that there is an established universe. Why wouldn't you just use the same fucking song? I didn't like the jump cuts. I, about five minutes into this, I was like, what the hell is this? And again, I didn't even... I took the kid show aspect out of it. Like, I just watched it as an adult, like, not even thinking hey, this is a kid show, it might not be made for me. It just wasn't good. All around, just was not good. I kept finding myself pausing it going, oh God, 20 more minutes, 17 more minutes, 15, and so forth and so on. And because of that reason, I, I got to cancel. Snap, snap. Listen, I-, I wanted to message you guys. I first watched this like two or three days ago, and I was going to... Text you guys that I've never been so conflicted on how I wanted to vote on something. And it really did like it like ate at me for a little bit. I just couldn't figure out which direction to look at it from. And then today rewatching it and like doing my notes, I like watched it with a little bit of a tighter eye. And that's when I just decided like I couldn't pass this because again, like Nick, one of the things you gave a credit for was the acting. And then I just don't think the acting was that great. I think they'd had a couple moments like the best acting was from Jerry Van Dyke, who's not going to be back. And then I thought the girl who played Wednesday did a good job. But then, like I said, the, the two main characters, when you look at Gomez and Morticia, they're basically just doing impersonations of other people who already played the roles. So they didn't bring a lot to it. It was a little frantic, a little back and forth. Uh, obviously, it's made for kids. So, like, I, I get to give them a little bit there. But is it, though? We... We talked about how very not it was PG on Fox it was Kids. It's Fox Family. Yeah, I think by its placement on being Fox Family, it's for kids. It was on yeah, the morning yes, too. It was. It was definitely meant more for kids. But I think when you look at the show as a whole, it didn't quite figure out what it was supposed to be. It 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 knew the source material and tried to replicate it, but didn't quite understand it. And like I said, when you're talking about like the innocent couple being shocked, I was like, that's not what they're supposed. Like that's too much. When you murder a child because you stole candy, that seemed a little extreme for the show. Uh, it's it's fun when it's turned around and when it's them who want to be tortured. 
when they're doing like evil things, it it even though it's like done in a silly way, it just it didn't sit right with me. I'm gonna have to cancel it too. So with that being said, sorry to a the rare new Adams family. Yeah, I didn't. I really didn't think it was gonna go this way. But a zero out of five. I was conflicted like you were. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was a bad show necessarily, but just not good enough. We left Adam's family in the lurch, Murray. Flush that shit calm. With that, we get uh, to the conclusion of our third annual, I didn't even say it at the beginning because I forgot, spooky, dookie, Halloween, spectacular, October month. Lizzie Nielsen, Remembrance Month. So 12 episodes down in that realm over the three years. Can't believe we've, we've actually completed three full years of that at this point. We've got more for next year, baby. That's crazy, yeah, four isn't more it? for next three year. Three full years. Yeah. So uh, we'll catch you. Wait, real quick before you finalize it. What was the last show we all fully canceled? Cause I just found it. But what do you think it is? Ooh, was it not um, recently? Because I feel like we did it some was, bad ones um, recently. It was a while ago. It was in April. Hmm. I'm fried. I can't. I wouldn't have got this, by the way, at all. I got nothing. I got Blossom. Give it to me. Blossom? Oh. Yeah. Wow. I don't even wow. remember canceling Blossom. <laughs> Blossom, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, you listen to everyone. Go back. It, it, yeah, if you want to go back and listen, we covered Blossom a while ago, and obviously, uh, according to Nick, we gave it zero out of five. I thought Jay agreed with that one, though. He's a huge Joey Lawrence fan. I know for a fact he owns Whoa. a Joey Lawrence record Joey Lawrence with a poster. wasn't in that. Yeah. He wasn't in was. that. Yes, he or, was. No, don't he start was. this again. Oh, right, we're, we're wrapping up. We yeah, listen, yeah, in that episode, we discover Gordon doesn't know who Joey Lawrence is. And after covering Blossom, apparently still doesn't know who he is. Um, but with that being said, go listen to that show. Go listen to all the old shows if you haven't listened to them already. Thank you for everybody who's been listening to us lately, messaging us again. Follow us, S1E1Pod on Twitter and Instagram, or now X, S1E1Pod.com. has all the links to everywhere you can listen to us, our socials, our email, all that stuff. Contact us however you'd like. If you send us a five-star review on Apple, send us proof. We'll follow you back on any social media that you want. And uh, that's it, man. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you again next week with another new episode. Until then, take care. Thank you. Goodbye. I know we got the best friends of Eddie Quayle, you fucking savages. Snap, snap. Snap.